Svabhava. Svabhava means own being or something that's there, a self. Svabhava, own being. Lots of ways to talk about that. And the way I wish to do today is to say there isn't one. <coughs> ni svabhava, ni not, nam, no self. There is no self in the skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, or memory and consciousness. Those are the things that all kind of get together and join hands. And uh, I'm somebody. I smell, I taste, I touch, I see, I think. It's like the philosopher that said, I think, therefore I am. Wasn't that Descartes? Yeah, well, he was wrong. Or not. So that's uh, part of the difficulty there is trying to lock down on something. Trying to lock down on anything that is suffering, even if it's enlightenment, no matter what it is, lock down on anything that arises. At the same time, don't look away from it. It looks like there's something happening. It looks like there are people and there's things and there's ideas and there's life and there's death and there's all of these things. It just seems that this has to be addressed in order to be done thoroughly. It has to be, be addressed through several stages of teaching. The provisional teachings are that the Buddha originally taught, as far as we know. Hard to know what happened 2,500 years ago. It's hard to know what, it's hard to know who really said what, who did what. If they actually, we don't even know for sure. We don't have any witnesses here. There's actually a Buddha, probably was. Very difficult to know what is fundamentally the true and not true. It's difficult. But what we can do is we can bring as much awareness to that and to any given situation as possible without accepting, rejecting, look away. Those are the three that I talk about constantly. Accepting, passion, rejecting, aggression, and distracting yourself or looking away, which is, of course, ignorance or distraction. <laughs> so it seems to be very important to examine, look at this feeling of a self. Quite often we don't, we don't notice anything unless things are going really well, and then we perk up, or if things are going really bad, then we perk down, uh, or are we just spaced out, ignore, just like I've said before, that if I, if I were to compliment you, whether it was true or not true, it wouldn't make a lot of difference, and really, uh, depending on my ability to tie into you and really compliment you on something, you would probably puff up in some way, maybe not a lot, but something would happen there, that, and that's the self that's doing that. That's the svabhava, svabhava. That's Sanskrit for own being. Uh, so we could get into the three natures of uh, the dependently arisen, uh, the imaginary, and the perfected also, which is the three own beings, or three svabhava nirdesa of the, of the um, Yogacara teachings. Seems to be very necessary for uh, each one of us to really be aware, to look at, to sense that that sense of clinging, that sense of rejection, that sense of shutting down. Those are the three ways, the three poisons are the way in which you can actually get, a, you can track the, the, the self-centeredness. That may, if you were to be re become realized, uh, that may not go away, or it may. may. Some of it may go away, it may go away for a while and come back. This is quite, gets quite tricky for someone who is working on trying to understand what egolessness is or no self, because you can't find a reference point for it. Even the reference point of all my negative emotions are gone. I'm so happy, I can't hardly really stand myself. We all know what it's like to talk to someone who is perpetually bragging about their happiness. Don't we? Can I hear an amen? <laughs> <laughs> Not a state of mind. It is, it is mind. Not a state of mind. It is mine. Stop separating yourself. How do you see that? By continually observing the way you keep separating into me and my stuff, me and my ideas, me and my beliefs, me and my opinions, me and me being right, me, me, me and me not being right, being criticized, being rejected, being accepted, being shut out, being shut in, being opened up. I mean, it's just, there's uh, not telling you anything new at all. I'm saying... It seems to be necessary to see the, the grasping of the self, the rejecting of the self, and the shutting down in order to transcend this world. So, to go back to the skandhas, form, the two main skandhas are form and consciousness. And then consciousness is broken down into feeling, perception, 
concept or memory and, and consciousness as six sense fields and their objects. Lots of ways to break it. You probably can go different, uh, go on and on and do all kinds of chattering about that. But it seems to be necessary to take bring a little bit of awareness to that. There's, you know, uh, the traditional way of doing this is to go into it and say, is there a self? Is there some kind of own being or self or blah, blah, blah in the sense of form? Is, 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 am I this body? Am I this perception? Am I uh, this feeling? Am I this these concepts? Am I any of these sense fields that operate? Take any one of them uh, discreetly and look at it and say, is there a self? Is there somebody in there? Is there something in there? And when they all get together, then they they seem to perpetuate or enhance or reveal some kind of somebody who's having an experience, uh, having a world, waking up to a world, going to sleep in a world. Sometimes people will say, we need to look at our the world we're in, the crazy situation, look everywhere, watch the news for 10 minutes, just how astonishingly crazy and insane it is. It's been this way for a long time. It's been this way and going on like this for since beginning of time. Wars, rumors of wars, as you've heard, there's a war here, and there's things in Syria, and there's things here, and there's, you know, the people are aiming weapons at each other, and people are flying over with these huge metal things that contain explosives, and it's just, it's, it is a, a, a legalized, you could say, or accepted insanity. We just accept. We don't hesitate when we look at someone in uniform as a soldier to think, oh, yeah, well, we need that. Do we? Do we need to have tanks? And I'm speaking of someone who, not that I want to bring this up too often, but my father at age 26 was shot off the back of one of those metal things in Germany in 1945. He didn't want to go over there. But the culture pushes people around, causes you to, intimidates you or scolds you because you're not patriotic, you're not nationalistic enough. And uh, again, if I'm not making myself clear, then I'll work on this a little bit. I'm not saying we should be a for or against anything. What I am, what am I saying? I'm saying I, w I would like to yell this, and I would if it would help. Train your mind. Don't buy into anything. True, false, indifferent. Don't buy it. Don't sell it. Don't deal in it. Don't deal in illusion. It seems to be necessary to, to really find out who you are and what this actually is so that any action you do take, and this is something you hear over and over again, comes out of awareness and not sought out of some kind of protection for a self, advancement for a self, blah, blah, blah. Not some kind of ideas, philosophy around something that makes you right and someone else wrong, makes uh, this party right and that party. What these people are doing is good and those people over here, train your mind. When I say train your mind, what am I saying? I'm saying hold still and watch the confusion. Not exactly like lifting weights, but there's some kind of uh, parallel or some kind of metaphor there. It's a little has a little bit of that happening. There's so much going on in people's minds that is uninvited. We all have maybe have experiences where where we're, things are going fine, and we wake up one morning and we just feel like feel terrible. And there's no you can't track back. Where did this come from? It's like suddenly getting a cold or suddenly just being bummed out, depressed, frightened, lonely, go on and on with those kind of things. What do I say about that? Don't do anything with it, please. Don't cover it up. Don't advance it or promote it. Don't justify it. It's your, whatever is happening, as I have said and other teachers have said, is exactly what you need to see. There isn't anything that's occurring to you that is, oh, this, I don't deserve this. That shouldn't be happening. Or someone treated me a certain way, they shouldn't be treating me that way. Dependently arisen, look deeper, look way down into anything. Anytime you have negative feelings about anything, please look deeply into it before you go. I'm not saying you would do this, but in your mind you might go. You know what I mean. I know I should be an actor. I'm saying, isn't it funny how we do that? Real, so we aren't going to come out and make a fool of ourselves. By making faces. I'm making faces, by the way, sir. <laughs> really, really bad ones. <laughs> You're lucky you can't see them. <clears throat> so, but we're, but watch that. Everything you, every move you make, everything you do, every gesture you make is, is 
like ripples going out towards everyone, even if you have their back to them. Please don't do that. Be kind to others. Even when you sense they're, they're in some kind of a turmoil that you can feel the waves of negativity coming towards you from them, please. If you look deeply into that, you see that the reason they're, you're getting the negativity is because they're so miserable themselves. They're so terrified. Uh, people shut it down. As meditators, we know what ignorance is because we've been looking at it. We know what passion aggression, we've been looking at it and looking at it. We don't know what to do about it, maybe. We don't. We can't find an off switch, uh, which we ego keeps looking for that. But think of the world, the rest of the world, that people are joining in this movement and that movement. And actually, some people are walking out, well, I'm not going to sit and waste my time facing a wall. I'm going out and join this group or join this political group. I need to feel like I'm being helpful or something. This is a, that's a very arrogant statement to make. You want to see a good example of ego? Find somebody who thinks they're doing the right thing. It's all over the place. You said to be kind to people? Yes. What does it mean to be kind when kindness doesn't seem to be arising spontaneously? Do it anyway. Make yourself do it. Do it as a practice. Uh, it doesn't seem to be resp uh, a, a sp uh, arising spontaneously to come in here and face a wall all day. You're doing that because, well, if you're a student of mine, I said so. Do it. If you want to be a student, then do it. If you don't want to be a student, then do something else. Um, what Junshu said, do it anyway. <clears throat> it's possible to do it anyways without evaluating what's good or bad or what's kind or sure. not kind. Sure. Yeah. Um, you've not said this too many times, but you occasionally say, um, do it because I say to do it yeah. as, our, as our teacher. Yeah. And could you say why it's so important for us as students to just do what you ask us to yeah, do. Yeah, because, you know, you could benefit a little bit by, by uh, that before I met any of you, I was sitting, uh, I wasn't looking at the wall, looking at the floor. I was doing millions of mantras. You could benefit a little bit by that. When I, when I say something, give me the benefit of the doubt. That's why. Just do it. I did it uh, because of my teacher. And I somehow, luckily, I sensed that I didn't know everything and that I was a fool and I needed help from somebody who had been around. He wasn't any a couple years older than me, but he, I'd spent my childhood goofing off and breaking into garages, stealing stuff. He spent his in a monastery. So that's all I'm saying. If you question what I do, uh, at least come and ask me about it. It seems like there's something more that we're missing than just right and wrong if we don't give somebody the benefit of the doubt. So what is that about giving somebody the benefit of the doubt? If it's the, the person who's teaching, then listen to what they're saying. And, you know, if somebody, if this teacher says, I want you to go up on the roof and jump off, then that's probably not a good idea. But if it's, if it's something that has to do with, uh, uh, if it just has to do with the relationship between me and you or me and the Sangha, and it's a very simple kind of situation that, that you know, you like for instance, I, uh, you're going over here and doing prostrations in the gampa. Nobody else is doing that. You could just as easily say, "Why do I have to do that?" Oh, couldn't you? No, because I said so. I mean, it's just an example. It's not. I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't be doing that to you if I didn't feel we had a strong connection. You had an understanding of what it was I was saying, or at least you could bring it up and say, question it in some some way. So I would. I would be open to that. Is that what you're? Yeah, I guess, too, I'm wondering about, Excuse I'm wondering me. if it goes beyond right and wrong. Do we give somebody the benefit of the doubt because, well, we might be right, or there's something deeper that's that's occurring when we, we hand that over, hand the reins over to somebody else, or, or give them the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, good question. I think it's I think it's individual. I think everyone is, some people are never going to be able to do this. But that doesn't mean they couldn't benefit from this teaching. They're never really going to be able to, to you could say, trust uh, the teacher. There is always going to be some kind of not quite sure if they should do that or not. So they might be spending time trying to act like they're doing what the teacher wants rather than actually doing it. More. Is there a way we can look at ourselves and see more clearly the ways in which we might be deceiving ourselves or holding back in, in that context, you're kind of trying to keep a small reference point. I mean, you can't say it any more clearly than what you just said. Just do that. No, that's clear. Just just look and see the way in which you might be deceiving yourself. 
if you're if you have uh, anger and aggression and irritation coming up uh, from from uh, apparently triggered by anybody, look closely at that. If we're um, being kind, even though we don't feel like that, is there any ignorance involved? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, you can't help but ignore. You can't overcome ignorance uh, ignorance by by just kind of setting the ignorance aside. The very nature of ignorance is to not know. And so you know, just do it anyway. I understand your question. It's, it's a good question. And, but we're, we can't, ignorance doesn't function as something that we can, oh, now I see that I'm ignorant, so I'm going to stop being ignorant. Uh, you might have to actually be ignorant. <coughs> Anne-Marie? Um, you said everything is interdependent and you also said those those instances where something seems uninvited, or it doesn't, you just wake up and you're in. Yes. So how does everything that's interdependently arisen relate to um, what seems uninvited? So uh, when something just seems to come out of nowhere and be in your face, uh, which many people that I talk to, usually personally, one-on-one have uh, situations that are intensely out of nowhere and are threatening, scary, uh, all any number of things, more than just a few people. And what I say is just just be with it as much as you can, and don't look, don't try to necessarily trace it down. It's not that you couldn't find something, but when you find that, then you're going to have to find something else. You find something else, you have to find something else, and this is called materialism. Don't go there. I mean, the ego wants you to go there because the ego wants what control and proof. Proof is cheap. You don't need proof for anything. Prove to me you exist. Prove to yourself you exist. So, one more thing. Through the awareness practice, bringing awareness to whatever's arising so that you're, uh, to use a strong kind of metaphor, you're actually flooding that area with awareness. Flood it so when those things arise, so there's so much awareness there uh, in the form of just being open. The very nature of awareness is openness. It's not clamping down on something. That's more like a focus or like a, you know, examining the parts of something. The awareness that we're talking about here is has an open dimension to it, where you may be in it, but you're not very big. More. You you said in the past what what is arising is exactly what you need to be yes. looking at. So I'm just suddenly very curious about the about the word uninvited and if there is anything really that is uninvited. If it's something that, if it's up, even if it you, doesn't seem to have a source. Yeah, you could get, you could go into that and psychologically, you could you could start going that direction, but that's gets a little risky because it starts to go back into a, a conceptual models, and then we start to actually the awareness starts to uh, go through the floorboards. So I would say the not knowing part is important. The actual, the actual not knowing to just be with it and not know where it came from, what it's about. Uh, anything about it other than just it's just the presence of that. And that presence is where it's at. It's not in why it's there. Like if I look at something and I and I I say what is this? I continue to look at it. What is this? What is this? What is this? And if it's a snake, you know, I might say I don't want to know what this is. But if I say what is this, then I'm actually looking at it. But if I say where did this come from? I immediately ignore what is the very presence of that. And that's a subtle way of escaping from what is in front of you. Always the vow, be with all things. Whatever rises, don't accept it. Oh my gosh, it's here. My life is over. Don't reject it. Get any closer. I'm going to take your head off. And don't look away or distract yourself into something else. I remember when I took care of monkeys in a biomedics research lab in Falls Church, Virginia, um, long time ago. Um, we had a lot of monkeys, 300 of them, all different kinds, rhesus, cyanos, African greens, macaques, baboons. And if you'd go up to a, a monkey and go look at them like that, they'd go, not all of them, but quite often they'd go, and start looking at their, they didn't want to be looked at in the eyes. Dogs don't particularly care for that either. To be. Huh? Unless you're Casey. Unless you're Casey, and then she... She's a sweetheart, so different kind of dog. Yes? seems that a lot of these um, fears or even our free poisons are arising out of the belief that our solid body is our reality. How can we begin to see that we're not limited to just a physical dimension? One of the ways is just to experience in sleep or dreams. You'll notice, this is probably obvious, 
when you're in dream, you're it's it, it's both physical and not physical. You're there. You're not questioning necessarily. You're not unless you're, so. Let's just a lucid dream, and then you're then you're kind of blown away by that your consciousness is inside a realm that doesn't have a physical component to it, other than your memory of a body. Those of you who've had lucid dreams or uh, so-called astral projections. So just the dream alone of being in a dream and having a whole scenario go by where you were there and you did this and did that. And then you'll notice uh, it's a very interesting thing that if you have a, a dream, you have a memory of a dream, and then you have a memory of something that actually happened three weeks ago. There's two, two images, two memories. And then if you have, uh, as uh, Lewis Carroll says, uh, talks about remembering the future. Or it's a bad memory that doesn't work both directions. So if it did work the other directions, which it does, you can remember something that hasn't happened. That's what imagination is. You actually say, tomorrow I'm going to come in here and I'm going to sit down and meditate for a couple of hours in the morning and chant the sutras. So you could actually remember that forward. And are you doing that? Probably not. But there's something about those the memory quality of those images that is so similar the, the memory of the past and the memory of a dream are very similar. One apparently happened, one apparently didn't happen. Yes? Mm -hmm. you, said, you said that you know, ignorance is the biggest poison. Well, by saying it's hard to see. You can, you know, go ahead. So if there's unseen passion and aggression that seems to have power, is it necessary to observe or experience that to see through it? I think it's necessary to, to experience all of those poisons and however they're going to manifest. Sometimes ignorance we, we see kind of after the fact, we see that we were shut down rather than we see that we're being ignorant at, the very, at that time. So I think it's necessary to do that with nothing extra. So we do that, but we don't, we don't leave that to blame someone for how we're feeling. We don't leave that to give someone credit for how we're feeling. And we, don't, we just don't abandon what arises. We, uh, that's what the the vow says, be with all things. Whatever arises, just be with that. It goes away, be with it's going away. If it comes back, be with it coming back, no matter what it does. If anytime we add anything onto it, add our ideas, our philosophy, our interpretation, we start to leave this for some kind of uh, uh, imaginary or imputed nature, invented, made up, based on self-centeredness. Svabhava. Use some of the Buddhist terms we use, karma or imprints of yes. conditioning. Do all those seeds have to sprout before they're seen through or not influencing? I mean, like uh, talking about the Adivijnana, all the seeds yeah. from that, the vasanas? Not, yeah, things that you don't see that are um, empowering no. your sense of self. No, they don't. All you have to do is see through one thing. If you see it, everything else collapses, dependent origination. So if you just see what this is, and the best one to see, I'll say it literally. You ready? What's in front of you you're, is you're not separate from that. You're looking at yourself. Not literally looking at yourself, but everywhere you look, there isn't anything but you. And I don't mean that as some kind of big fat ego. I'm just saying that you're not separate from anything. So therefore, any kind of warfare that's going on is, is just a misunderstanding. It's a grasping of a self and a rejection of an other, or vice versa. So just this. And it's possible to do that for everybody. If, if, uh, uh, if the Buddha can do it, and teachers down through the generations can pass on this amazing teaching just by understanding what the Buddha taught themselves, then you can do that. I'm just here to tell you about it. So take advantage of it. This is not being talked about very much. Even by some people who are wearing robes are not talking about what I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, Karen from New Zealand. She asks, is it disrespectful to hold one's seat when being threatened by someone you don't know? Hmm. It's an interesting image, and I'm trying to build that up in such a way that I can respond to it, but it's quite, uh, quite, quite a generic quality to it. So I would say... See if I heard this right. Is it read it again? See, make sure I have it right. Is it disrespectful to hold one's seat when being threatened by someone you don't know? I think there are a lot of variable variables there, but to respond directly to the question, no. So there, there's a lot of variables in that, though. Different ways that can show up. Uh, the dis disrespect, how that's showing. Is it somebody 
that uh, maybe you don't know them, but something about them uh, ties into other things that are causes and conditions. But I would say just as you as you present it, I would say no. Another question uh, from uh, Stacy in Traverse City with Gary. Stacy. She asks, how can you say no to someone and still be kind? <laughs> that might be the greatest kindness. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> so so that they so that they can work with that kind of thing. You're you're because if you're do if you're telling saying no out of your awareness, out of your heart, like I've said uh, just recently, I said drop down out of your mind into your heart, come up out of your gut into your heart. Thinking with your gut may work if you're being attacked by alligators. Thinking with your working with your mind may be work if you're trying to pass your SATs. But coming out of your heart means that you're not separate from anything. From beginningless time, everyone has been your mother. How do you work with fear and the example of moving that from your gut to your heart? What does it look like from relating the fear from your heart? If it's in your heart, uh, it's not fear. What does it become? You haven't left your gut yet. When you begin to function out of your heart, does fear transmute, transform yeah. into something? What does it transform into? Uh, love, compassion. Use fancy words if you want. Or don't call it that at all. Call it not separate. Any, not separate. This doesn't mean that if it's an alligator, you don't get out of its way. You might move out of its way and say very politely, politely please eat something else. <laughs> so it doesn't mean you're crazy, you wouldn't protect yourself, but it's out of a wide, a wide, uh, a wide circle or a wide territory of, of awareness where there's no owner, there's no possessor, there's no agenda. So any kind of agenda that comes up is very immediate and short-lived. What does fear look like in the form of love? I think the word you use, transmuted, I think that would be good. Because that's still kind of a, you know, it's a tantric kind of idea, but it's, yes. Maybe we could use an example that if you were... Uh, being threatened or you're in a dark alley and somebody shows up and if you're coming out of your gut there's going to be fear and you're, you're going to run or you're going to fight um, how might that look if you were coming out of your heart so it's presenting quite a strong scenario that we have to use our imagination uh, to address but it, it it could just come out of your gut you might just have to run you might you might have to but it would be out of awareness that would that would dictate that I'm not saying your gut, you turn that off and never use it again, and you're always just this bleeding heart kind of thing. I'm just saying there's some kind of movement there that, that immediately assesses everything in terms of what it is and not how threatening it is. So actually what it is, there might be an opportunity there to work with that in a, in a softer way than someone who's just threatening you. Uh, as, the, as they say in the four, uh, um, the four karmas, you might start out by pacifying. Pacifying, enriching, magnetizing, destroying, which we've talked about before. You might, you might start out with that. You might not have time. You might be, a person might, you know, you might have to die. David? Can we go to our senses to get to our heart? Well, you can go to your senses to stop blocking that area. <laughs> so if you go because the senses are all over the place and they're, they're in little bits and pieces, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, all of those need to get kind of a, you could say kind of an equal um, respect. You know, we we're hearing, we're smelling, we're tasting. We're we're here. We're present. We feel our butt on the floor of the cushion, our feet on the ground. We we sense gravity. We're here, and then we begin to function in that way. And so the heart isn't so much like putting a bunch of awareness there and imagining some little doors and opening them up, so to speak. It might be more like uh, having awareness that's everywhere. You should to ask about kindness and you don't feel like doing it, so do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So likewise with the idea of the heart, if someone's mm -hmm. giving you a difficult time, like my ex-partner and this mm -hmm. property issue is getting me more yeah. blown up, yeah. how um, to practice from the heart in the midst of um, a difficult time? Yeah. Well, we, talk, I mean, we can't get into it too much because you've told me a lot about that and other, other people don't know anything about it. So, I would just, mm -hmm. It's just an example of an interpersonal thing it that is. has you hooked, but you, have, you know, it's um, 
it needs some kind of active attention. Yeah, yeah. So um, work with it as best you can to get someone to cooperate and communicate and be reasonable about it. But if you if you keep running into um, people trying to stuff steel wool down your throat, which is kind of what he's doing, getting more out of torturing you than out of resolving the deal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I would say uh, um, use use his energy. Uh, when I don't mean against him, but use his energy to close it down. So you would have to use his energy so it, so it looks like he's uh, winning, because that's what he wants to actually win. But he might not believe it. If, you, if he actually thinks that you're willing to cave, then he'll drop it down another level. So you, you just about have to set up a situation where you create a doorway where this can end. The best thing you can do is to step out of that situation. It's not helpful to keep it going. But you don't want to lose a lot of money, so you need to find a way. Probably, a perhaps an attorney could do that, so it could happen legally. Some way to close that door without losing every bit of money that you put into it, but yet without necessarily making much of a profit on it. So that because he doesn't really want to, my what I'm gathering from that, he doesn't really want to let you go. He will. It's like he will put money into this forever, as long as he can just keep torturing you. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, so I, know, I mean, I know that it's becoming more visceral, but at the same time, you know, it's a good pra it's a practice, but yeah. just because it's a practice, it still needs work, you know, it needs attention, so yeah. how to even use this as a Dharma gate or a teaching or yeah. be open to it. I think you've already been using it as one. I think it's probably, probably time to find a way to talk to an attorney or someone that can do it legally so it can end. There must be some way to do that legally. Even right down to and just giving the whole thing, get it over with. I'm not recommending you do that, but I'm saying that's an option. He has trouble accepting that one, and that would probably puzzle him for the rest of his life. Why you gave in when he would never believe you would do that? Blah blah blah. Questions? Yes. When you say train your mind, what's your mind? What you're trying to train? What your what your confusion, your aggression, your uh, distraction, your tendency to believe one thing, not believe another, to go to war with one thing, go to peace with another. This is really good. That's not so good. But I like that. But I don't like what they said there. Listen to what he's saying. You know what I'm saying. All of you know what I'm saying. Notice how anything, how do I know about this? I do it. Don't I? You live with me. I'm not saying to change who you are, how you are, how you function. I'm just saying bring as much awareness into that as, as you can so you can see that there is no self in the skandhas. There is no self anywhere. This doesn't mean you become this little angel with light beams come out of, coming out of your head where you're so radiant that people look at you and say, oh my gosh, fall at the feet of the guru. This is horse manure and no, nothing uh, against horses. Yes? What does it mean for awareness to go into something? Not reject it, not accept it, and not look away from it. So it can take all kinds of forms. It can be just the physical shape. It can be the sound. It can be the space around another person. It can be the space of your thinking process, your thoughts, your emotions, your negativity as it arises, your fear. Just if, if you're not doing anything with it, you'll notice that's the hard thing is not to actually add thoughts onto what arises. I need to get rid of that. I need to stop that. Or there I go again, I'm, I'm going back into that again. Actually allow it, if you allow the thought patterns, whatever they are, to to occur, and there's no guarantee, but if you allow the, the situation to happen in permanence, nothing lasts. But it will certainly look like an eternity if you fight with it. It just won't end It'll be because it gets circular. And people think they're going in a straight line. Most people are going in circles, like little tornadoes. Is there a difference between awareness and acknowledgement? Acknowledgement is extra. Awareness doesn't know uh, it's it's even there. It doesn't it doesn't get a credential out of it. Acknowledgement is it sets up a little very subtle paper thin separation between you and what you're aware of. That's why this kind of practice is very good and is also uh, challenging or difficult to accomplish because you don't get a credential out of it. Any of you who have been practicing for years know how what this is like is to practice and practice. Like I said, it, uh, the biggest surprise to me is to practice for half a century and realize meditation doesn't work. It wasn't really a joke. 
Although everyone laughed because you were making fun of me. <laughs> what did I mean by that? I mean, it doesn't work in the way you think it's going to work. Read the back, the back two the last two chapters in the meditation primer. Yes. Oh, what does meditation do? Meditation practice is a way of uh, working with the awareness so that you can see what is the, what is fundamentally real and what is you see the difference between what is real and what is an illusion. That, that's what meditation practice does. So you so that you'll no longer be at war with anything. If you're at war, this is delusion. David? What's the difference between not being at war and indifference? Not being at war is you still would be aware of tension and, and conflict that's happening in different ways, polarities and so on. Being indifferent would be kind of shutting down to that, blocking it out, and just even shrugging. This, uh, this particular uh, gesture, this one, it's like... I don't know. I don't know. That one. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes. Don't do that. <laughs> and what, what, what would it be like to not do that? You're just here. You're, you're, you're receiving. Everything is all the senses, including the mind, is on receive. Just receive. Receive the, the thoughts, the memories, the emotions. Receive the anger that comes out of no, uninvited, un, un like we were saying, out of nowhere. Just this big ball of junk, fear, terror, pain, anger. Triggered by maybe something that is that could be easily be blamed, but you you know if you've been doing this for a while you know better than that you know that that some little simple thing has happened and suddenly you're extremely pissed about it. If you look at it, you think that's ridiculous to be that upset about something that that is not even fundamentally is not a problem. It's just a simple thing that didn't go the way I wanted it to go, and all of a sudden there's this intense like you've been. Uh, disrespected. Yes, sir. What about uh, indifference when you are secure, you have everything you need, and everything seems to be going all right? Then give me some of your money. <laughs> 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 well, you're so secure. Help me out, right? <laughs> so you can go back to being insecure. Well, It'd be better for your practice. I'm sorry, go ahead. Relatively speaking, yes. you know, it's sometimes it seems like you get drawn into that. Just, yeah. What do I need to sit for because everything's fine? Well, yeah. well if, you know, it is now, but now's the time to do it. Do, like, don't, uh, don't wait for the, the uh, you know, Mount Vesuvius. You know, don't wait for the, the difficulty because everything comes up, goes around, goes around. The next catastrophe is coming. Not, not doomsday kind of thing, but you know, things change. It's a crazy, crazy world with all kinds of energy moving around, all kinds of hatred and love and caring and consideration and intention. And we all have the luxury of being able to be in a place where there's heat. This is not Syria. No one is uh, killing our children here yet. But if you read, uh, like Timothy Snyder's book, uh, Bloodlands, I just can't hardly read that book. It's just so full of, even half of that is fact in there. It's just horrid. It only happened uh, 80 years ago. Uh, in, in some sense, uh, it's, it rivals, if not being even worse than uh, the Holocaust, because people were starving. So, so train your mind now. You have the, you could say luxury. We have a building. We have a temple. We have homes. We have people we're not doing, you know, making a lot of money or anything. Maybe we have difficulty with this, that. Uh, the other thing, but we find some time to come here. We have some time to practice. Sit down, hold still. See what your see what your mind. When I say train the mind, I'm saying see see the way passion, grasping, aggression, rejecting, getting rid of, destroying, and shutting down. See the way that works in your life, moment to moment, from walking from the bathroom to the kitchen, uh, out to the laundry room, and watch the thoughts that come and go that are triggered by this. Watch the memories that are coming and going. Watch the considerations that were. Uh, we're imagining our relationships. We're carrying our relationships on our heads with people that aren't even in the room with us. Doing this all the time. Some of the people don't even aren't even alive anymore. We're still having conversations with them, discussions. I'm not saying don't do that. The only thing I'm there's only one thing I'm telling you to do: train your mind. I'm not saying don't be a mean person. I'm not saying be a nice person. On the other hand, if you ask me a direct question, I'm probably going to say like I. Like it did to Junchu, just do it anyway. 
And the reason I can say that, she has a rock suit on. She's wearing a rock suit. She's received vows to be with all things. Somebody else who hasn't done that, maybe I can give them another response. But with you, I would say just do it. Do it, do it anyway. Save all beings, starting with your own thought patterns. Stop killing your thoughts. They are a metaphor for living beings, if not living beings themselves. Further question, yes. You said that meditation practice shows us what is real and what is illusion. Yes. Do those look different? Until you see them, then they're not. Then they're not different. That, you, that we separate them. Here's the illusion, and here's what is real. And this that whole setup is called uh, Shambhiri Satya, relative truth. And to see that by not fighting with it and no longer picking and choosing good and evil, life and death. By no longer doing that, by just seeing what is there, everything collapses into perception only. Just a way of talking about it. nothing actually happens at all. There's no longer any, no longer any warfare. This does not mean that if a, a giant uh, um, praying mantis comes stumbling into the here, that we're all supposed to say, "No, oh, I'm just being with all things." <laughs> you know, praying mantis, giant, you know, looking at us. <laughs> and then it spots Jason. <laughs> so that would be, I mean, I'd be terrified. I don't want to pray mass to eat me or eat you guys. Notice I thought of me first. <laughs> but it, it, what's, what's being said or promoted or talked about or, uh, is, is there is no solid being a solid self. How we discover this is to look at the selfishness that keeps happening. Me, 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 and my emotions, my stuff. My, I'm right, they're wrong. I'm, oh, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm so terrible. The guilt kind of things that go this way or blaming goes this way. And then the, and it, or it goes the other way. Well, if they hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, it's just huh, Coney Island of the mind. It's just on and on and on. And how do we do that? Don't fight with it. Don't accept it. Don't, it's just the politics of experience. Don't vote for anything. Egos vote. That's why we have such a, even though people, you know, say, what gives you hope? <laughs> it's like, what's that about? Some, someone trying to be positive in the middle of a pile of shit. Gives me hope that shit goes away. That somebody will come and I hope somebody will come and take the smelly stuff away. It's not rhetorical. Help me Okay, enough mocking of my friends, the human beings. Further questions, please? Yes, Anne-Marie. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I'm, yes. I'm sure you'll tell me if this is not what you said. Well, I bet I will. Genuine, uh, being genuine is the greatest act of kindness. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. In that, can mine also, and reframing and withholding also be yeah. an act of kindness? Yeah, when you say, when somebody says, hey, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. Lies. <laughs> I feel like crap, but I'm not going to tell that person that. It's not about not lying. It's about awareness. This is why we observe, as my teacher you know, 25 years ago said, when I asked him for, can, can I take the precepts with you? He said, we don't, you don't take precepts, you observe them. So I got taught something. Yes. In in a case where you're, it's someone that you know and you're having a, a, a conversation and yes. they're, they're revealing something to you yes. and they're maybe fishing for something that yeah. would, would hurt them or devastate them or, yeah. um, how do you lie or refrain without disrespecting the other person's capacity to hear the truth, their intelligence? Yeah, that's a... <sighs> I know, it would be so different with each person. Some people really mean it. They really want you to help them or tell them. And others uh, want to be someone who wants that, but they don't really want to do it. And so it would be your awareness around, I have people come in and sit in the hojo and say, yeah, I give you permission, teach me, help me. They don't mean that. They don't mean that for a minute. They, they want to mean that. They want to be a good student. They want to, so you have to meet them where they're at and you have to have enough clarity about who this is, this is so that you can see the other person. Just because you have a lot of clarity about this, who this is, doesn't mean you can just go out and do, uh, you know, heart surgery on them with your finger. How in that situation do you know if you're operating out of your perception? Don't do anything unless you have to. Don't do anything unless you have to. 
don't don't help anyone based on your thought patterns. Don't analyze others. You, there's no you every all all uh, all evidence is partial. You're never going to know. You, you never. That's why when they when somebody murders somebody else and they take the murder and go and kill them, it's just it's just a sign of how ignorant our society is. They don't understand the deep deep nature of that. That you need a victim in order to have a murder, and you need a murder in order to have a victim. They are linked. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying they are linked, and to, to come in and just continue the whole process of killing based on legalized murder. It's just, it's, you know, it's heartbreaking to see. But on the other hand, we can't do anything about that. It's too big and it's just like a huge leviathan of uh, disinformation uh, and craziness and ignorance and everything that's been going on for since beginning of this time with human beings. But what you can do, you have it. You have a whole matrix of consciousness happening right here. Train this. This is not yours. You don't own anything. You don't. You don't. We might say my body just for convenience, but you don't. If you if you understand what this is, you have total respect automatically for everyone. You respect everyone's body, everyone's mind, everyone's ideas, everyone's awakening, and everyone's confusion. Respect others' confusion. Allow someone to be confused. Don't, don't jump into their confusion with some kind of a savior mentality, or they need to hear this, or I need to be genuine with them. Just receive, turn all the senses on receive, and just listen to them, listen to their difficulty. And even though you can see that they're spinning and going in circles, um, they'll let you know if it's time for you to come in and say, by the way, uh, what you're saying is very circular. You might say I, that. I feel like in those situations where they're going yeah. round and round and they yeah. just keep, and then they sort of tire themselves out. Yes. I, I sense like they're, they're getting a little more aggravated with my that my silence is a judgment on them? I didn't say silence. You don't want to just kind of be silent and kind of look like some kind of a guru. I don't mean that. Well, even I'm just saying, not responding, and I think that's maybe coming I'll, out of I'll show you this some, person. Yeah, but let's say, let's use a, a sentiu. A sentiu, a count to, uh, count to 30, just one, two, go ahead. And as if you're telling me a deep, dark secrets about confusion. <laughs> you need to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> I picked the wrong person. So what I'm trying to say is, is as someone is talking, take an interest, <laughs> take an interest in what they're saying. Your body language, just by leaning into them, looking at them, listening, turning your head. It, you don't even, it won't even feel pretentious if you just use your body as the response. I'm not talking about body language that you interpret, but look at them, listen, not, not too much. Don't, don't go, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm, oh, yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yep, 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 yep. Don't do that. You might occasionally say, uh-huh. <laughs> Especially when they're on number 14 or 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go on. <laughs> Keep coming. <laughs> So anyway, the idea of being with them completely, not just mentally, they might be totally sucked up into their head and spouting off about this and their relationship and what they've been doing, what they should have done, the job they had and the, uh, how they retreated at their job. And you're, but you're in your body, you're in the room. Stay there, receive, 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 receive everything. Receive the colors of the clothes they're wearing or lack thereof, receive the sound, the tone of their voice, watch if it goes up and down, you know, if they, yeah, you, you follow me? I, I do. In, in those situations, that. what I find is at the end, a lot of a lot of them will say something like, "Oh, I'm just going on and on. I'm probably you're probably sick of this, but you know, or, oh, but everything's okay." And um, it's it's difficult to neither agree nor disagree with them when they. You don't have to get agree. They're not asking for that. You can just say, "But well, I see what you mean." What? <laughs> you're thinking back over Funny. something that happened three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so the clothes they're wearing or lack thereof, I just thought it would be hard to say, pay attention to what they're saying if you picture them naked. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened that with Sensuous. <laughs> you picture them naked? <laughs> Let's picture each other naked and talk politics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Another question from Karen in New Zealand. Karen. She asks, is it okay to repeat their words back to them so they hear them? I'd be very careful about teaching anybody anything. For, just be a student. Don't teach anybody. Even, even though you know what's happening with them and you have an idea about, please don't teach them. Don't teach. Be a student. Be a student, be a student, be a student until you absolutely have to teach. You can't resist it. And even then, you're still a student. Uh, it's not that you couldn't, if they ask you about it, of course, then you might say something in response. Uh, but generally, I would say, uh, anyway, Karen, how smart are you? If you're really smart. And if you're old like me, <laughs> which I don't think you are, I would say just don't teach. Don't repeat their, I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't do that, but probably it'd be better to just listen. You could say, uh, what I'm hearing you saying is this or this, it sounds like this is difficult for you or something. To to be, meet them where they're at doesn't mean to correct them necessarily. Might, it might just be received. They need, might need to talk to somebody. They might really need, you might be helping them a lot more by just being present or maybe nobody else wants to listen to them. Further questions? Okay. Thank you. Oh, you have one? Go ahead. Um, you've said that if we see that nothing is separate, if we realize yeah. that, that separations might appear yeah. to be more drastic. Good. Does, does non-separation appear? Does no. it have an appearance? Um, there's kind of a recognition that, that everywhere you look, you don't see anything else. There's never an else. Like it says on Hiroxia that I wrote on it in 2010. Doesn't it say nothing else? Oh, nothing else. There isn't anything else but this. So it's that kind of a feeling. At the same time, you don't disrespect the separations that are there. Just like you hold up a hand and say nothing else. But you still see the separations. But it's just a hand. It's just humanity. It's just uh, uh, human consciousness showing up as lots of billions of uh, what is the word for parts, uh, digits. So you see it at the same time. Again, it's, everything becomes not two. So it becomes so not two-ness that, that, that even the confusion, even, even suffering, even warfare looks like peace because you see they're not two. That's why Buddhas and sentient beings are not separate. Life and death is not separate. You actually have transcended this world without leaving it. And it's like magic and it's just flat out ordinary. Tamogishepa is the Tibetan word for this. Tamogishepa, ordinary mind, nothing special. Well, good. Thank you.